Welcome to Stretching Myself Too Thin, a podcast inspired by a comment made by Mr. Aaron Blackwilder in front of my entire honors class. And honestly, he's not wrong. Alright, this is our second episode. This time we're going to make it a bit longer than 10 minutes. We've already gone over the rubric, so we'll speed through the pizza part. I've also worked out my mic issues, and a new one is coming in the mail in a few days, and hopefully that one doesn't cut me off in the middle of my sentences. We're going to try something different today. We're going to build up to pizza. Let's start with it. We've got plenty of time, so we'll do a little bit of get to know you first. I'm Carolyn, but virtually everyone calls me Kara. I don't really have a preference on what you call me, as long as you're pronouncing it right. You think your name can't be mispronounced, but you're also wrong. I'm a high schooler, and this podcast is part of an honors project. I've always wanted to start a podcast, so when I had the opportunity, I took it. It's titled Stretching Myself Too Thin, because I'm known for doing too many things at once. As it says in the intro, my English teacher called me out on it. I'm a three-sport athlete. I play soccer, golf, and I run. I was going to do cross-country this year, but COVID struck, so that's not happening. I still consider myself a runner, because over the break, I've been increasing my speed. My fastest mile is 7.29. It's not that fast, but I'm getting there. And to be fair, that was a couple of weeks ago. I haven't run in a few days, so I'll probably run later in the week and let you know my new time. My goal is to run a half marathon by the end of the year, virtual or in person. Anything to float my boat at this point. You'd think with school being online, sports wouldn't really be an option right now, but no. I play goalkeeper on a premier soccer team, which comes with its own schedule. I have private goalkeeper training, footwork training, and regular practices, along with futsal games twice a week in the freezing cold. Our club's version of futsal is playing soccer with a smaller ball on a smaller field. Um, when futsal is really a heavier ball on a gym floor. It's different, but it's fun. I don't mind it. I kind of enjoy it, actually. I'm also an avid golfer. For my birthday last year, I got custom ping golf clubs, and ever since then, I've noticed my shots are staying on target and traveling a lot farther. Because of the amount of sports I'm playing right now, why not add more? Weightlifting. Woo! That's right, I go to a gym three times a week. This gym specializes in preparing athletes for D1, and I've even sent some of their kids to the NFL. I'm one of the very few girls that goes to this goes here, and every single girl I've met so far is either a volleyball player, basketball player, or softball player. No golfers and no soccer players. I'm also 5'2". I'm really short, and almost every single athlete there towers over me, so there's that. With playing so many sports, that means I eat a lot. I'm the reason for maybe 75% of the groceries in our house. I consume a truckload of protein. You'd probably find a protein bar in any one of my bags right now. I also have a strict meal plan I make and keep to make sure I'm getting everything I need for these guns. You can't tell, but I'm totally flexing right now. I love working out. When I was younger, I hated it with a seething passion of a thousand fiery suns, but now I can't get enough. Literally, like I just told you my schedule. I like to train my body to the best it can be so I can be the best athlete for my coaches and best student for my teachers. Tea break, hold up. So good. Speaking of teachers, school started about five weeks ago. We started all virtual, making some people really unhappy. For me personally, school is not the way I would want to go. If I were to die young, it better be in a super cool action-y sort of way. Maybe I'm in a fist fight with a spy and he pulls a gun on me, or I save some children from a burning building. Not walking from my English class to PE and getting COVID in the locker rooms. No, thank you. 
I don't hate online learning. Most of my teachers post assignments at about the same time so I can get everything done in a matter of minutes and still have some spare time before my first class even starts. I get to read, bake something, do some yoga. It's nice. Good, good for relaxation. While I do obviously miss my friends and teachers very much, I like being ahead and having some time to relax. I had so much spare time last year, I enrolled myself in some college courses. I've taken three so far, but the prices skyrocketed at the beginning of the month, so I haven't picked out a fourth yet. So far, I've done a science of the solar system class from the University of Leeds in West Yorkshire, England, obviously, an intro to psych course from Yale, and most recently, a 10-week planetary science class from Caltech, which I finished two weeks early. I've been pretty busy during quarantine, if you haven't noticed. At the end of each course, you get a certificate with the signature of the professor and your name printed out. It's not much, but hey, now I've got proof. These certificates actually proved useful, too. They helped me get my first job. Here's the story. So there's a man running for state senate in Washington's District 17. His wife is a friend of my mom's, and she posted on her Facebook that it, his campaign was looking for interns. As if I wasn't busy enough, I applied for it. It was a basic Google form. There was no way I was qualified or anything. I'd never worked on a campaign before, and I'm a high schooler. I'm sure there were other people out there that were much more qualified than me. And, just my luck, I got an email the next day asking for an interview. Mind you, this was two hours before the actual interview, so I had to get dressed, look somewhat presentable, and prepare myself for any possible question. I did so with the help of my government teaching mom, shout out to her, and hopped on a Zoom meeting. When the question arose of what made me qualified to talk to strangers and talk to them about their personal lives and ask questions they might not get asked on a daily basis, I used my certificates. In the intro to psych course, we had a week where we discussed how to talk to people in a calm manner and hold conversations as if we were therapists, even when spoken to rudely. That sounds creepy, but it makes you much more aware of what you're saying and how to stay calm. The person interviewing me, Zoe, loved that. She loved my initiative. Her words, not mine. The following evening, she called me telling me I'd gotten the internship. I was so happy, but then the words pay and check came up, like in a sentence. I didn't know this was a paying job. I thought it was just for fun but I've always wanted to cash in my very first paycheck. That's one more step towards being an adult. I have the mental age of a 32-year-old, according to some of the staff at the high school. I'm just really self-motivated. I don't have time for drama or silly things. I'm at school to learn, not waste time. That's one of the other reasons teachers are fond of me. I'm not there to waste their time either. I'm ambitious. I'd love to go to Stanford or an Ivy League college. Part of me knows that it might never happen, but the other part of me is reminding myself why I work so hard. So it does happen. What's it like being an intern on a senatorial campaign? Honestly, because of COVID, not great. I spend six to eight hours a week calling people and talking to them about Mr. Smith. If it weren't for COVID-19, we'd be doing rallies, putting up signs, and going door to door. I don't mind the calling. You do get some really nice people. My favorite calls is the man named Joel. I have permission, don't worry. I was trying to get volunteers for that week, and he was on my list. I ask him how he is, and he tells me he's walking his dog in the rain, so not too hot. I say I can call him back, because I'm nice like that, but then he tells me to finish my spiel. It's so nice when people actually let me finish. I get why people don't like strangers calling them, but you don't have to be rude about it. Just think, those people are spending their time spreading the word about something they believe in. You can at least be polite and let them speak before denying them anyway. I updated him on how we were doing, and I asked him if he could help out. His exact reply to me was, Listen, I've been doing this since Kennedy. I know what you're doing. I've worked for Daniel before, but I'm actually traveling out of the country tomorrow. I was actually quite surprised by this because honestly, where is there to go? But he seemed nice and he obviously wasn't lying. 
if this has taught me anything, um, I'm much more aware of who's lying to me and who's not. He said he signed up after he got back at the end of October. Anything is better than getting cursed at by random people asking why you're calling, which has happened too many times. Way too many times. Nothing really surprises me more than someone actually saying yes, because it happens so rarely. I end my conversations with, can we count on your support? And the person on the other line says yes, it completely throws me off. I make about 120 calls a day, and maybe 10 of those people are yeses. That sounds sad, but that's actually a really good number. I can't make an assumption about what the person on the other line is doing, so when they don't pick up, I won't speak to that. But the saddening thing is, when someone tells me, tell me more, I didn't know much about him, or it's been happening in the area recently that's making him run. So many people just rely on mail or voter pamphlets, making them less informed than they should be. You shouldn't have to go out of your way to learn what's happening in your area. To be fair, I struggle with this too. Once a month, we get magazines about what's going on in Richfield, and that's all I get. Like, I don't know much else about the town I live in except for those magazines. I really think there could be a better system for gaining non-biased information besides social media. And 90% of the time, social media is unfortunately biased. We're about to get a little more personal, but here we go. I struggle with motivation, which sounds ironic. Some days I don't want to get up or do anything, while other days I want to do as much as possible. I'll use yesterday as an example. Yesterday I was energized. I had so much energy. I was fueled up. I was ready to go, but we had nothing planned for the day which is also very rare. I didn't have anything to do, and with online school, I can't really do PE in my house. Most of the sidewalks are closed right now due to major construction, so I can't bike, and the treadmill's off-limits to me and my brother in case one of us hurts ourselves on it during school hours and my parents can't come home. It was just a boring day. I read and played piano for a few hours, but I just wasn't satisfied. I felt like Hamilton, never satisfied with myself. Instead of moping around, though, I did find something to do. I transferred everything from my bucket list to sticky notes and put those sticky notes on an empty wall in my room. One, I've been meaning to put something on that wall, and this is much cheaper than a tapestry or posters. And two, it's a wake-up call for me. COVID has definitely put some things in perspective for me. You don't know how much time you have left, so try to make the most of it. The two things on my bucket list I'm currently working on are becoming fluent in American Sign Language and French, as well as benching my own body weight. That sounds like three, but the two languages are actually one. Benching isn't really an option right now at the gym I go to, but we do press the weights themselves. We just have to, like, bleach them afterwards. I don't really know how high the weights go up, though, so I don't really know if I can bench my body weight by holding, like, a stack of weights. It's a goal. Somewhat unrealistic, but it's a goal. Every morning, I like to stand in front of my sticky note wall and just think, which one of these could I accomplish today? I'm slowly adding on to it as well. Like, this morning, I added, bake a three-tiered cake for any occasion. I love to bake. Everyone knows this about me. I've written my own recipes and everything. I make cakes for each of my friends and family's birthdays and not just from a box. No, 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 no. I mean, made from scratch, all organic products, amazing, beautiful cakes. The cake I'm the most proud of was for a friend of mine. Her cake was seven layers tall, each layer a different color of the rainbow. I made a chocolate buttercream frosting so you couldn't tell it was rainbow on the inside. Then I added a dark chocolate ganache drip across the top for some added effect. I even cut a hole in the middle of three layers and filled it with candy and sprinkles so once she cut into it, the filling came pouring out. It took me ages, but she absolutely loved it. Quarantine has definitely fueled the baker in me. 
I made my friends cakes and drove to their houses to drop them off. I also made cakes for my brother and my dad's birthdays. Not to add the countless amounts of cookies, donuts, croissants, test cakes, pies, and brownies I made. I clearly have a passion. Culinary school isn't in my foreseeable future, though. I've been bent on being a thermonuclear astrophysicist since first grade. While everyone else wanted to be a singer or a dancer, I was reading about the stars. Nuclear astrophysicists study the natural nuclear-level processes that occur in space, like the connection between properties of atomic nuclei and the properties of planets, stars, and galaxies. Not complicated at all. There's also the big questions like, how did the universe create the elements, and how is the energy created that powers stars and stellar explosions? Not so easy to answer, but I'd love to find an answer to at least one major question. It sounds like a pipe dream, but that's why I'm always going above and beyond. Major colleges aren't going to take interest in those who sit in, and do nothing. Honestly, I think some colleges would be genuinely interested in how dedicated I really am, but there are a thousand people like me doing the exact same thing. I just joined the Future Business Leaders of America program at our school, so take that, Black Wilder. Ending on that note, let's move on to pizza. This is going to sound ironic, but I found the perfect pizza. I'm not joking. Two weeks in. It scored a 28 out of 28. The very first bite I took, there were a couple of curses to follow. Happy curses, not bad curses. I went to Life of Pi in downtown Portland and got a margarita pizza. Obviously, it scored a four in every topic, so this will be even quicker than I thought it would be, and you don't have to hear my weird voice any longer. The overall taste was the perfect blend of spices and toppings. It all came together, just like it says on the rubric. The sauce was homemade and tasted fresh, and the mozzarella was just, oh, it was perfect. It was just the right amount of toppings, so earning another four. Because on a Marg pizza, there's only dollops of cheese, I had to shift the rubric around. Four on the Marg scale means that the cheese isn't too burnt or too gooey. It's a part of the pizza and doesn't fall off in one bite. For the sauce, oh my goodness. Oh, it wasn't like the Prego stuff you get at the store. You could taste the crushed tomatoes and the oregano. It brought out the flavors of the basil and the cheese. It was amazing. The crust, easily the best part of the pizza was the crust. When I folded it, there was a crackle. That is what you want right there, a perfect crackle. The crust was crispy on the outside and oh so soft. And it was airy on the inside, oh my god. It was the perfect color, the thickness was perfect, it held all of the toppings, I was so wooed. There was no grease, no grease. Throw away your napkins now. The only thing was the olive oil on the bottom of the crust, which you could actually taste, might I add. And there was so little, it barely even showed up on the box. I just learned this, by the way, but if your pizza box has grease marks on it, you can't recycle it. The cardboard fibers won't separate from the oils during the pulping process, ruining the whole batch of pulp, so you're actually wasting more than you would have if you just thrown the box in the garbage or cut around the grease marks. Lastly, the overall presentation. We had to drive for 30 minutes to get this pizza, so there was a buildup of excitement. The cashier had to check each pizza, so I turned away for that part because like, I was just like, I, I need to open it right when I get it and not see it beforehand. Once we got into the car, I opened up a box, but it was the wrong one. It was rather anticlimactic, but to be fair, we did have five pizza because some family friends were staying over. I went to the second box, and there it was. The evening light shining onto the sauce, illuminating the pizza. There were angels from above singing. It was so worth it. The drive was worth it. The wait was worth it. Everything was worth that pizza. I will 
definitely be going there again. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Well, that's about it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out.